Hello friends, welcome to this episode. I'm really happy that I'm sitting next to Andras and he is here in my living room. We are about to record together a topic that is so close to my heart that is overcoming perfectionism and more specifically overcoming perfectionism to be a public speaker or to be a speaker at events and this is something that both of us share. Um, because we have been delivering um, workshops and events and keynotes, but both of us share this, that we are recovering perfectionists. You can say that. Yes. Yep. Uh, and that's why uh, I wanted to discuss this topic with Andras, because I think he is a person too. And I've seen his transformation and he has seen my transformation. And I think it's really cool to have him here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> this is awesome. First time. Yes. And um, yeah, also we, we took a mastermind, we were on a mastermind for storytelling and public speaking together. And that was also a really amazing experience. But my very first question actually, yes, is um, when did you have your first calling that you wanted to actually become a speaker or just try it or yeah, deliver something? Uh -huh. When was that? Can you remember? Funnily enough, it's pretty recent. I think it's like a year and a half ago at Inspiral was the first time that I went to my first event. It was storytelling. Uh, I still remember the speakers who were there. And after the event, immediately I went up to Vale and asked him, what do I need to do to be able to speak? And then I didn't have an idea of what I would talk about. I didn't have a story. I just felt like this is a nice spot, nice environment, and I want to share something. And then I, I think I got COVID like a week later because this was still in COVID time. But after that, for the first event, I delivered my speech. And before that, I mean, I worked in London. I, had, I was managing a team, so I, I wasn't completely new to quote unquote public speaking mm -hmm. because I had to speak to uh, sometimes 20 people at the same time. But I never had this urge of wanting to. Mm -hmm. Back then, it felt like work and it's all mm -hmm. oh, I got. I have to speak for the mm -hmm. whole team and it's kind of I'm anxious and nervous mm -hmm. uh, but now a year and a half ago it was more of a desire a calling mm -hmm. that you said like yeah, I want to get on stage and share something mm -hmm. so I think that was the first time mm -hmm. yeah and you can you tell us about the gap let's say between desiring and actually feeling confident or comfortable delivering it because I know that for the per let's let's get into the perfectionist right. uh, brain. Right. Uh, for perfectionists, I will tell you my perspective, and then you can share yours. Perfectionists struggle to do things that pretty much you suck at the beginning yes. because it makes you feel so uncomfortable. Because we naturally tend to excel or to be uh, overachievers or to have really high expectations about ourselves, and we like doing things we are good at. But when we are not good at something, um, we struggle and our brain tends to focus on what could have done, we, we have done better, mm -hmm. what, yeah, what, what went wrong, what was the mistake. Even if we did it more or less good, we will focus on the wrong side, which is um, really sad, but that's, that's how... That we, is the case. That's yes. the default. Yeah, we need to work on it. But um, how was it for you to get started at something new? And I always say that uh, having the, the humbleness to suck at something new 
How was that for it's you? It's very important, <laughs> yes. And to pick up on that, I think uh, it's important to note that I was living in Holland for a year and a half and I could have learned a language, or at least I could have started to learn a language, mm -hmm. but I didn't because yeah. I spoke enough uh, English, I spoke uh, English well enough yeah. that I can be understood. And I hated the feeling of being uh, of inadequately communicating in mm -hmm. Dutch. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like an idiot because obviously yeah. I didn't know how to speak it. So that really held me back from learning the language. And I can see now how bad of a, of a mindset that is instead of no it's just let i'm in the netherlands right let's learn dutch because i could use it but mm -hmm. no instead ooh, I, I cannot speak or it sounds funny or mm -hmm. it's weird mm -hmm. and i didn't so coming from that to actually speaking i think uh, the constant getting on stage at toastmasters was a big help mm -hmm. uh, toastmasters for those of you who don't know mm -hmm. is that uh, is a multinational organization uh, that is primarily directed towards improving the public speaking of its members, amongst other things, where you have the opportunity to get on stage or to speak or to host or to do many small roles. So I enrolled in the Budapest Toastmasters Club last year in February, I okay. think, or March, like pretty much the same time as in Spiral. Okay. And I started speaking immediately. And I think what really helped is mm. that I got positive feedback. Okay. Even though I myself thought that it was terrible, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I the, the others uh, seem to have liked it. Mm -hmm. example, the first two or first three uh, quote unquote contests, I, I won the, the best speaker. And um, there we we write feedback forms that are anonymous. Okay. And like not to shine my own shoes here, but most of <laughs> the feedback was very positive. Mm -hmm. But even though I, I felt like I could have done this better, yeah. my I was moving too much, yeah. I forgot this, I forgot that, but that positivity somewhat maybe kept me going. Because okay. I thought, okay, people like it, then okay. maybe, you know, let's do it again. Yeah. Like maybe two weeks from now, let's, you know, let's see what happens next time. Yeah. So I think the fact that I didn't completely uh, to use your word, <laughs> yeah, suck yeah. in the beginning really helped. Uh -huh. If if it was all negative feedback or or or, or I wasn't successful at mm -hmm. all in the beginning, mm -hmm. maybe it would have mm -hmm. been different. Okay. But it, it it kind of eased my fear a little bit, my mm -hmm. anxiety, mm -hmm. and uh, the environment was very good. Okay. So okay. the mm -hmm. feedback was very uh, constructive, and it, I knew mm -hmm. it was coming from a, a good place, and I knew that. At the end of the day, this is just a training ground, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So I'm not there to, you know, be the best speaker of all time. I'm there to improve myself. Yes. Yeah. So that mindset helped me out a lot instead of to circle back to Holland and Dutch, instead yeah. of thinking that I don't want to sound like an idiot and yeah. seem like an idiot because exactly. I don't speak it. So let's not learn it to, you know what, even if it, I'm not as good as I should be, Mm -hmm. let's let's go let's yeah. practice and let's get on stage yeah. wow i love it i really like this story and i think it's also related to growth mindset having a growth mindset and allowing yourself to to change to test to play i love the, the playground uh, analogy and i think for whoever is listening uh who want to become a speaker but they are at the like very very beginning i think toastmasters is a great place it's a great place yeah, yeah. i really like that approach of seeing it as a playground and kind of tricking your mind to say like, no, this is, 
this is just a playground. This is not a real thing. Mm -hmm. And it's smaller. And then probably yes. you can go bigger and bigger. How was that evolution for you to say like, okay, this was my playground. Then I mm -hmm. maybe go bigger or maybe I prepare. Maybe I prepare a lot. I remember on my first uh, keynotes mm -hmm. or when I was delivering something, I would prepare, I would rehearse like minimum five times. Uh -huh. But, and then now it depends, but now it's, it's less. Sometimes it's like one time or two times and it just feels free. I totally agree. <laughs> so the first times, I would say the first half a year, maybe even the first year, I literally wrote everything out. Mm -hmm. uh, like all the speeches, I would maybe start writing them a week beforehand and then mm -hmm. make changes during the week and then think about and maybe stop rehearse, start rehearsing a day before. Mm -hmm. So I was very, I would write it down. I would even change phrases and words. I was very detail oriented. Uh, and fast forward to now when I'm hosting, I'm, I'm not writing down anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, strangely enough, the, 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 the anxiety that was all there yeah. during the, the first time, yeah. I'm not going to say it's completely gone, but it's so much less uh, prevalent. It's, mm -hmm. it's like in the background. Mm -hmm. I get anxious maybe, you know, five minutes before I get on stage instead of being anxious mm -hmm. the whole day before or the whole, whole night before. Yeah. And, but I think in the beginning, it, it, is, it is important to, to uh, write things down and to yeah. really prepare because that gives you the confidence that, yeah. okay, I'm really prepared. I could recite this. I've, I've done my rehearsal. I know I'm under six minutes yeah. so for Toastmasters. There's a time limit. Uh, and you need to learn those steps in order for you to later kind of unlearn it, if, mm -hmm. if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, you need to write stuff down many, many times. You need to write speeches many times in order for you to a year or two years later realize that, okay, you don't have to do yeah. that. You can read an article a yeah. few times, you can connect it to something else and boom, you get a four minute yeah. story about whatever. And um, why do you think that public speaking is so scary for, I think for everyone? <laughs> Yeah, I think this was also in one of my speeches and even Shafi mentioned that there was a study in the US and 70 something percent of people were reporting that they were afraid of speaking in front of people they didn't know, right? Why? I don't know, maybe it's some leftover from, <laughs> you know, prehistoric age, we need to talk in front of our mm -hmm. tribesmen mm -hmm. or who knows, we are afraid of rejection, yeah. afraid of... Uh, not delivering well or yeah. we are afraid of the people will not like it yeah. uh, if it's a different language you're afraid of oh is my english good enough will i forget what i say mm -hmm. will i be interesting mm -hmm. will i look silly all this stuff i yeah. think everybody has that to some yeah. degree so i think that's the reason but the only uh, i think the only antidote to this is just you need to practice yeah like get on stage yeah yeah there is no shortcut on the, that one and I think for me, a mindset shift I did is to stop seeing the audience as a potential threat. But, you know, Can maybe it's yes. a reptilian brain or yes. something, because at the beginning I thought someone will ask, like challenge me or mm -hmm. something, because um, I didn't, at the beginning I didn't deliver like keynotes, like just one, mm -hmm. one way, but it was more like workshop. Mm -hmm. Something in between storytelling and workshop. Yes, you had a few workshops last year, I, I remember. Uh -huh. yes. And then at yep. the end there was a space for questions. So mm -hmm. I was so afraid of those. You were afraid? Yes, yes, yes. Because in my mind they would they would challenge me. Mm -hmm. So I would I would see the audience as 
someone I need to defend. So that was like oh, my default okay. uh, mindset. And I think some people thinking that way. And instead now I'm, I'm seeing it as no, the audience is there because they want to listen a story, because they want to feel something, because they want to learn something mm -hmm. and they are not going to do anything yes. to me. So they probably I shifted it into a more loving way. Like, no, they, yeah, they will be like nice and kind and they are not going to be haters. Why, why would yes, they be why there? They right? Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Even if they hate it is <laughs> in a sense, like yeah. who cares, right? Yeah. What, what, why would that impact you? For example, what would you say uh, the last time you gave us, you told the story was last week, right? Mm -hmm. Or two weeks ago? No, it was last week. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, f I feel like you were very comfortable on stage. I don't know how, how, how you felt. Uh, uh, do you think there was a difference as how you felt then and how you felt a year ago? Yeah, completely. Yeah, 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 completely, 100%. And I think that I, also what I am doing differently is that now I'm speaking from my emotions. So no one can question that. If I say like, <laughs> I felt like that when I, I talked about my <laughs> a Tinder day that changed my life. But uh, anyways, if I would talk about, let's say, podcasting, I, I, my style is not to go in front of the crowd and say, this is the only way you do, pod, mm. you know, because look at my setup is super basic, but maybe I can talk about how to create a su super simple podcasting way. Mm -hmm. And this has worked for me. So now I'm speaking from my own experience mm -hmm. and truth. So if someone will challenge that or whatever, I'm really open. Mm -hmm. So I learn like openness and like understanding and just speaking from my own experience and that has saved my ass to be honest because then no one can say like no that's not the way okay cool but that has worked yeah, for but me that is your way yeah yes. that, that is my way so i think that was a big shift and at the beginning i thought that people could like challenge it and then i would need to you know defend my point of view so i made that shift and i have another question going back to perfectionism if are you still striving to be perfect or do you do you actually use that word because I, I find myself that I don't use it and I'm mm -hmm. gonna tell you which ones I use but I, mm -hmm. I'm curious about you if you still use that or if you have this concept still in your mind like I want it to be like 100% good uh -huh. or I, I don't want uh, missed errors or I don't want yes. space for it is do you still do it or it still comes and then you have tamed your mind what's what's your I think it comes much less. Okay. I don't, I don't want. I don't think there's such a thing as perfect. I just want to be better. Yeah. But I know in the beginning, I, I was never happy with my speeches, and I was never happy with myself. Yeah. Funny enough, that one of my speeches was about not being happy with myself. <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> but um, for example, I think the fourth time uh, Toastmaster speech, I was speaking. And I was up against, if quote unquote, I was in competition with Alex McIntosh, mm -hmm. who is a great speaker, amazing speaker, and he was delivering his speech that he won a contest with. So he was technically practicing his Toastmasters speech that he won two levels of competition mm -hmm. with, and he was preparing for the next level. Mm -hmm. And I was delivering my speech, and I uh, there was a, a point where I forgot. What, I, what was coming next and maybe I was standing there for like five seconds mm -hmm. not saying anything and I put my notes down a little bit in front of me on the right side and I took a peek and then I picked mm -hmm, my speech mm -hmm. back up again. 
anyway, so obviously I felt really bad afterwards. Yeah. Even when I went back to my place, I think I slammed the table mm -hmm. or I was visibly yeah. uh, angry. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out I won. I, I, I beat Alex, even though his speech was better and mm -hmm. like more better delivered. But there was a big surprise to me because I thought, you know, I could have done so much better. Yeah. I, I didn't do this uh -huh. and, I, and I forgot. And even then, even after receiving that good feedback of winning, I thought that no, it wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. Yeah. Compared to now, I don't have that feeling. Oh, that's well, uh -huh. I, 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 no longer, I no longer attend Toastmasters, so I no longer give speeches <laughs> there. Uh -huh. but, I also, uh, but I give speeches, quote unquote, every two weeks at mm -hmm. Spiral. Yeah. So I don't have that feeling that, oh, I, that intro could have been much better. Or, yeah. Because I, I, I'm kind of um, confident that it was good. For example, last time I was very happy. Yeah. Sure, I could have said something better. Yeah. Sure, I could have been funnier or could have been a bit more engaging. But overall, I was like, yeah, there was this, this, this was a great yeah. night. So that, that might, maybe it would, if it was a competition, I would feel differently. Like if I was competing with someone else, that mm -hmm. perfectionist mindset yeah. would come back in. Yeah. But now I'm much more chill. Oh, and nice. even if I make a mistake or I forget something, it's like, okay, I forgot it. Yeah. It, it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I really like how you are saying it out loud that it's your new self-talk, like, oh, okay, no worries, it happens. Yes. No worries. I think that is something we need to feed, like to cultivate this compassion or like this nice and kind self-talk. Mm -hmm. So it, it's bigger than the other bitchy one. <laughs> that is, yeah. Really, if I think for me it was very intentional, meditation helped and journaling helped and also reading so many spiritual authors that they are all about, you know, like you are, you are complete, you don't need any, like all these beautiful uh -huh. words, because if I would read something like seven mistakes, I would get more right. anxious. So, so that <laughs> helped you reading those books? Those books, yeah. yeah. And if I, because I am already very critical to myself, so if I read these books of 5 a.m. club, now I love Robin Sharma, Robin Sharma to come to my podcast, but if I would read these things of like the 10 mistakes you're making and that's why, uh -huh. I don't know, you're not losing weight or whatever, I get more anxious and I am already enough self-critical, so I need the softer part. Mm -hmm. So that was only my way and also, yeah, cultivating a nicer self-talk. Funny enough, uh, <laughs> you have here underneath the mic uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes. And I forget the name of the book, but I've read one of his books in which he describes the identity gap, which was very, uh -huh. very huge for me. Yeah, go and check yes, it out. <laughs> I don't remember the, the, what the title of the book. I Stopped Being You? Well, I don't know. Uh, how, I... To, how to Stop Being You. Yourself, or, you read it yeah. in Hungarian? Because... No, I know, in English. In English. Yeah, stop, yeah, stop, stop being yeah, yourself or yeah. something. <laughs> which is a funny title. <laughs> uh, but like the identity gap, yeah. which he describes is the gap between how people perceive you and how you feel. Mm -hmm. And that came up again through Toastmasters from uh, one particular person. I remember uh, after a speech, we were having a conversation and he's complimenting me, telling me that, you know, he really liked my speech. And in the meantime, I'm in myself, in my head, and I'm telling myself, ah, that speech was terrible. You know, <laughs> this, this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. No, no, no. Because uh -huh. I could have done this, 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 this. 
And then after reading the book, I realized that, oh, there's this, that's, that's, a, that's a gap right there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that like visual, visualizing it yeah. makes it uh, more, more concrete. Yes. You can, you exactly. can also, almost look at it like, oh, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, because our expectation to ourselves is, how can I explain this? So I realized that in, for instance, in the workplace, my 100% was someone else's 150. Let's put a number. So if I would deliver, like, I don't know, a presentation, like I would put together a presentation, I wanted the design to be perfect, the mm -hmm. words, the pictures, everything. And then when I would see others, it was like, oh, that's simpler and it did the job. So I was like, yeah. I'm putting more effort, more hours and all that. And that simpler thing, that's okay. Yes. So it was like, okay, then I am just wasting time here. Yes. So I, it's even for uh, being more efficient, like it's not uh, very efficient to, to striving for so much or maybe just choosing your battles. Maybe you will know, okay, I want to get, get great at this project, but then the others I will be good. No, mm -hmm. or like I will do my normal, which normally when you're a perfectionist and normal, it's, it's very good mm -hmm. <laughs> already. So. Yeah, I guess it, and it's not to put any metal or, or something, it's just to how kind of we operate. And it's also good to see, for instance, in the speeches, to see the other people who are um, beginners too. Mm -hmm. So then you don't only compare yourself to the great ones, because sometimes yes. you can fall in the trap that you watch YouTube. I watch YouTube a lot. I love it. Sometimes I watch, for instance, podcasters that they speak beautifully English. Mm -hmm. They are native English speakers. And sometimes when I re listen to myself, it's like, Okay, you pretty mm -hmm. much suck, but then it's like, no, no, wait, you're comparing yourself to someone who is like, to, to Tim Ferriss, let's right. say, no? So who's, it's like, he's world class. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And, and he has been podcasting and communicating for like 15 years. Yes. So it's, it's not even um, fair to myself mm -hmm. to do that to myself. So it's nice to go and hang out with beginners. So you're like, okay. It's not to say like they suck more or less or whatever. <laughs> like, no, but this ah, is okay. the real, real uh -huh. environment. Yeah. This is realistic, yeah. not, not Tim Ferriss or, or Joe Rogan. Yeah. But I want to go to a spicier topic about psychedelics. Let's spice it up. <laughs> psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Because if it's related to dissolving ego, I think perfectionism comes from ego and from what I was telling you that, oh, the audience is against you and with this uh, some of the psychedelics I've heard <laughs> that um, you don't see them as someone separated. No, you see yourself like one with the nature, and I don't know if with mm -hmm. others, or I don't know if any of those, um, I don't want to use the word drugs, but mm -hmm. any of those substances, yes. they can um, help you have perspective, zoom out, uh, cultivate compassion. How is there any correlation on that? Uh, I mean, I think. To some point there is, uh, I've had some experiences which were very powerful, not just in, as in that it was a great trip it was or it was very intense, but powerful in the sense that I, I may have acted differently afterwards. So it, it changed a little bit my life mm -hmm. or I changed in my life, uh, I think for the better. And obviously communication is one part of it. Mm -hmm. So. I couldn't put my finger on, okay, this date in 2020, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did this and mm -hmm. since then everything yeah. is good. I can't say that, but I think it helped me in ways to become better or be more, um, 
be more brave in ah, certain situations okay. mm-hmm. or maybe realize that uh, it doesn't really it's it doesn't matter or it's not the end of the world yeah. you can you can be brave or you can be open and honest and if you know somebody doesn't like it okay it is what it is who mm-hmm. cares uh, um, a few years ago I had uh, maybe three four years ago I had a feeling of not wanting to share let's say if I'm telling a story that, that I don't want to share too much or I don't want to make mm-hmm. it too personal. Mm-hmm. And going back to what I said in this podcast already, most of my speeches contain pretty heavy personal yeah. stuff. And I think that was unconsciously some of it was maybe some experiences I've had that made me realize that why not? Like If you want to share something, whatever mm-hmm. it is that happened to me, that I had a feeling or about my life, why not share it? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of holding it in and oh because people maybe won't like it they won't like me or oh, I shouldn't say mm-hmm. this or people don't talk about this like who cares let's talk about it mm-hmm. let's share it mm-hmm. and if somebody connects with that mm-hmm. it's if say I'm giving a speech for example my first speech I still remember uh, I, I saw a few faces that I really felt that they were resonating with my speech mm. uh, and because it was honest and because yep. it was quote-unquote real and yeah. and those people are still uh, like uh, in, in my circle of friends and probably partly because of that yes. so I think that helped or some of these substances might have helped me to be more open in, mm-hmm. the, in that sense mm-hmm. um. Can you tell us more details about the trip, the other realization you have? Uh, if there was something specific, I don't know. Some I've, I love listening a podcast in Spanish called Sabiduría Psicodélica, uh, Psychedelic uh, oh. Wisdom. Oh, okay. And, nice. uh, and actually, she's a Mexican facilitator of the frog, the venom of the frog, but she has tried everything and she always mm-hmm. tells her realizations. And mm-hmm. in one of her trips, Well, in many of them, uh, she, she felt that she was dying mm-hmm. and then she like rebirth oh. and all that. So I think in one ayahuasca. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So then she's like, yeah, then uh, if that already happened, what's the worst that can happen? No, like yes. death that kind of happened to me or she felt that then and then she started being more brave and mm-hmm. caring less. I don't know if you have something specific that you say like, oh, okay, after this, I had this aha moment of, okay, don't. We are very small, or mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, don't care too much, or we're gonna die, or I don't know, something... <laughs> we're all gonna die, we're folks. We're all gonna die. Yes, that's the one truth. Um, I kind of have, um, last year, early summer, mm-hmm. uh, was a trip, and after that, or like during the trip, I kind not kind of, I had a breakthrough experience, or I, I had a breakthrough feeling, and I didn't, uh, I didn't share that for a long time. Because uh, the guide or the quote unquote the shaman said that maybe it's better if you don't share, mm-hmm. just just keep it for yourself. You know, this is something that uh, you experience. Maybe you earned it. So let's maybe sharing it would be diluting it in a way, or or would be negative in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that okay, I'm gonna not share. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was definitely experience that. Uh, made uh, make a big impact on me and mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. I, I became a bit, bit braver in certain aspects mm. for example I, I quit my then job mm-hmm. not too long after the mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and 
uh, if the feeling mm -hmm. that I could just distill in the experience mm -hmm. what it was, I had a feeling that, uh, what, what did I say in Hungarian? <laughs> um, I, I said many times, which means mm. everything's good or everything's okay. And I also said, uh, which means I'm good the way that I am. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> but honestly, I, I, there was like an aha moment. Like, and I, I, I literally said it out loud, not to others, but to myself mm -hmm. a few times. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was for 30 minutes, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that was a big, big mm -hmm. thing, big experience wow, okay. for me. But, uh, and it was the, the substance that you mm -hmm. mentioned with this uh, lady. Ah, the bra? The, uh, the, the, the ayahuasca. Uh, ah, okay, ayahuasca, okay, okay. I think that's it for the psychedelic to topic. Yep. I would like to have one full episode about this, but maybe later on. Um, I want to go back to the, uh, you mentioned making friends. Yes. And that's a big topic also. I've heard that uh, amongst friends, amongst expats, but not only expats, you're Hungarian, you're local, mm -hmm. but still like making friends as an adult, like good friendships, right? Like the mm -hmm. meaningful, deep, valuable friendships. Sometimes it can be difficult as you grow older, but I feel like these kind of events and even public speaking, mm -hmm. that's my theory or my hypothesis is that it helps you to connect on a deeper level. And I also use podcasting for that, actually. Mm -hmm. um, you said that some guys that were sitting on the audience, that yes. they they were feeling your story. Were they your friends back then or they became friends totally, later? Totally uh, unknown people to me, you know? Uh -huh. uh, because in the beginning when I started going, I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. Or I knew just one or two people who were also attending Toastmasters. Because mm -hmm. some of the people are, are interconnected and they come to Inspiral as well. But yeah, uh, it was basically a completely strange audience. But uh, what you said, I can totally connect with in terms of if you speak and you're on stage and you're being yeah. yourself, then it's a bit easier to connect with people afterwards because yeah. they see they see your story, they find it okay, so maybe they find it interesting, yeah. funny, whatever it is, and they connect with that story. And not and through that story, connect with you. Yeah. So it's easier to build a, a connection or a friendship from there, uh, as opposed to, I don't know, you're at a bar and you're saying hi to someone, because yeah. you know, it's totally different. And, and if you're on stage and you're, let's say, semi-confident speaker, that means mm -hmm. Hopefully your communication is also good off the stage, quote unquote. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. uh, convey your t thoughts better. You're going to be more, um, more open, more proactive. Uh, like I could say more extroverted, but the, I don't know the best way to put it, but you're going to, your communication style will be more, more fluid, more, uh, just better yeah. as opposed to someone who is really let's say really introverted and doesn't want to speak mm -hmm. and he or she might be a, an amazing person but if you don't talk if yeah. you don't speak then it's really hard to find out mm -hmm. so the people who can talk smoothly and who, mm -hmm. who are not afraid to communicate they are the ones who make connections obviously easier and make connections with more people do you think you learned to be more talkative more open a better communicator with the time or do you think it was something natural for you um, I think in learning through time, mm -hmm. definitely, it's also dependent on the environment. 
Uh, funny enough, today this topic came up with someone I was on the phone mm -hmm. with. And I think it, it also depends on the language sometimes. I find mm -hmm. myself, strangely enough, <laughs> enjoying communicating in English yeah. more than in Hungarian. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, that, this topic came up to me a few weeks ago. Like I, I enjoy it more and, and sometimes I'm more open and it, it's more fluid than in Hungarian. Mm -hmm. And also in the environment matters, how welcoming, how open, it's, it's hard to, again, verbalize, mm -hmm. but you can feel when you're in a group or mm -hmm. when you're in an environment and you feel, oh, this is my place. Yeah. I can you know, say and say whatever here. Whereas, let's say, at work, sometimes I don't, you know, I say three sentences mm -hmm. in six hours, you know? Yeah. But in, in, in another environment, I would be just like nonstop talking. So. Mm, so, and it's also depending on my on my mood. You yeah. know, when I'm up, I tend to talk a lot. Yeah. But when I'm a little <laughs> uh -huh. bit down or depressed yeah, or about yeah. other stuff, then I, I reserve. I'm more reserved. Yeah. There are some skills you can learn to be better communicator or to be. I don't want to say like extrovert because that's not something you can force. But maybe you become better at com uh, communicating yes. your ideas. Yes, definitely. Because some people, I will let you speak. But because some people think that um, if I was not born like that, then it's not m not my personality. And I thought I used to think like that. In Mexico, there are much more extroverts. In Eastern Europe, there are more introverts. But for Mexican standards, I'm an introvert. And I would see all the girls like in the classroom singing and dancing and being on the spotlight. And deep down, I wanted like, you uh -huh. know, to be I right. don't know, in front of a microphone or something. But uh, no, I was extremely shy. And now you're in front of the microphone. Uh, now I am because I discovered topics I love. But before I really didn't feel like I found my topic. But they were like singing like this. They were in the center of attention and they so enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. I was like, I will never ever be like them. Never, ever. <laughs> right. So things can change, right? If you want. Yes. Not like you force yourself, but if you really have the calling or the mm -hmm. desire of doing things. It's a bigger journey, maybe. Probably extroverts have it easier. I don't know. For public speaking, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know if extroversion and introversion mm -hmm. is the right uh, frame that okay. we can put this in. But what you said is very interesting. That in Mexico, maybe they're not more extroverted. It's just they're more open and it's more, let's say, acceptable to yeah. like to talk a lot or <laughs> yeah. to share, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas here. Uh, in Hungary, we are more reserved. We, we seem colder. I, I, mm -hmm. I've been given this feedback from other mm -hmm. expats mm -hmm. that Hungarians are, are a bit more distant. Uh, maybe it's in our nature or maybe yeah. it's our in depressing culture, whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, you can definitely, I think, work, work. Like if you yourself one day wake up and you, you say to yourself, Okay, mm, I would want to really communicate well, or I would want to give yeah. speeches, or I would want to be a great communicator. And you realize that, oh, I'm not today. Mm -hmm. Then you can take practice steps on, uh, on, on becoming a better one. Yeah. Uh, but that starts with a realization. And as you said, starts with a calling or starts with a need. If you're totally fine, yeah. or if you feel like, oh, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Or I don't like people, or I don't like yeah. to talk to new people. If that's who you really are, then that is what it is. Yeah. But if there's, I think there most of the times there's an underlying uh, 
need there mm-hmm. or there's an underlying oh but i wish i would be this guy mm-hmm. or i wish mm-hmm. i would uh, be like her uh, because she's so free yeah. and but i just can't do it because okay i'm an introvert yeah but there are still steps you can and you can like baby step your way mm-hmm. into you're not giving a speech in front of 50 people yeah. about your deepest secrets just baby steps baby mm-hmm. steps baby steps and mm-hmm. within you know six months or a year you're more confident you're more comfortable mm-hmm. you're may not going to be the center of attention you're not going to yeah. be the guy who goes into a party and high-fiving everybody yeah. but you can be the guy who's just like confidently striking up a conversation yeah. with whoever about yeah. you know random topic yeah so I think you can maximize who you are. If you are, uh, if you are not content to say this word, or what's the better word to use? You're not uh, satisfied, yeah. right? Where you are now in terms of communication, maybe you're in your relationship or your friends or your dating life, right? You can recognize that, okay, I, I would love to be somewhere else i would love to be higher mm-hmm. then you can take that those proactive steps but for that you need to have that the need yes that like yes. oh and, and not that resignation of oh mm-hmm. i am just this guy yeah. and I, I don't i'm not like that yeah yeah but why not yeah like well, who says you're yeah. not the dude who just gives a high five and says hi to someone why? exactly what what's what's stopping you or who's to say you're not the woman who's singing in class like yeah. why not why not exactly Wow, no, we can go like for hours on this one, going to childhood trauma and <laughs> all these things. Not necessarily trauma, <laughs> just childhood stories. Childhood yeah. stuff, yeah, exactly. But um, Ooh, speaking of childhood okay. stuff, okay, let me share one. Do, do you have, uh, this okay, is related okay, okay. to speaking. Uh-huh. I think in the last year of our high school, and we were 18, 17, 18, and in Hungarian literature class, there was a assignment that everybody had to i think write like a one minute speech or half a minute i don't know very short amount of time and go out and speak in front of the class right everybody did it in the class except me i literally didn't go out there and uh, and uh, and the teacher said you know i'm gonna write a one for you which is the worst grade and i said yeah no. i was mr cool yeah, yeah i don't yeah. care just, yeah, just yeah, give yeah. it to me but i feel like i had this anxiety yes. like i really i don't want to do it yeah. I, I i i can't put my finger on why because i i've spoken in front of groups before maybe a year before or maybe even that same year there was a celebration for the whole school and i was reciting a poem a pretty long poem <laughs> uh, so i was technically speaking yeah. in front of a lot of people but in this specific scenario in front of the class i literally didn't go out how old were you 17 18 okay yeah maybe 17 16 17 something like that and 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 going from there to uh, voluntarily going out to speak in front of uh, uh, unknown people in a different language yeah. now so yeah. the journey is wow. just pretty big yeah. Yeah. well oh, thank you it was super fun i want to release on this <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for the invite. For example, this, I felt anxious when you, when you said, mm-hmm. right? Because when you said, oh, you're officially invited to my podcast, <laughs> and my initial feeling was uh, excitement and mm-hmm. kind of anxiety and nervousness. Nervousness. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, I used to, not so much now, listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of comedic podcasts, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, 
a lot of American comedians. Mm -hmm. And now, let's say that was 10, maybe even 15 years ago, Jesus oh. Christ, or 12 years ago, wow. but a long time ago. Uh, maybe 2009, what is that? That's like 14 years ago. Wow. So mm -hmm. I used to listen to them, and now when you asked me, I was like, who am I, right? Mm -hmm. To get on a podcast, who's gonna listen to me? Mm -hmm. And we're gonna talk about public speaking and perfectionism. Yeah. And once again, who am I to talk about this, that, that mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. instead of, uh, you know, why not? I'm just sharing my experience. Maybe if you like it, you like it. If you don't, mm -hmm. you don't. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I'm not uh, anyone famous, but it doesn't matter because my experience is what matters and maybe the listeners find it interesting mm -hmm. or they don't. So even that was interesting. Like, why am I nervous? Yeah. And we're just talking, right? There's yeah. nothing special. There's a mic here, but we are quote unquote just talking and still this nervousness, mm -hmm. this anxiety. Because it, it was the first time. No? Yes. Yeah. And it's recorded. Yeah. And you, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you, public speaking, now you do it like, oh, okay, like tortillas, like one more. Yeah. And then yeah. podcast is a challenge. But you, you all knocked a new challenge. So congrats yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're going to have quesadillas for dinner. Thank you for listening and for watching. And yep. besos, amigos. Adios. See you guys.